Jamie Foxx as a clone, Kate Middleton is in a coma, Selena Gomez is secretly a drug addict. Society has long had a fascination with celebrity health, from their fitness routines to mental well-being. But what happens when a famous person gets sick? While some celebrities are candid about their health issues, others take a more private stance. Today we're asking, do we have the right to know every detail about a celebrity's medical issues? A celebrity talking openly about their medical struggles can break down stigmas and create open discussions. But why do some people leap to wild speculation and conspiracy theories when details are kept private? Is it a case of frustration or a genuine concern for transparency? Let's go straight to the comments. So as I'm sure just about everyone at this point knows, in January, Kensington Palace actually announced that both Kate Middleton and King Charles had medical conditions. What's been so interesting to me is how differently people have responded to the two different statements that came out. So while King Charles, he's been really open about his prostate surgery mm. and now his cancer diagnosis, Kate actually took a different route and she asked for her personal medical details to remain private. And all that was really announced at the time was that there was going to be a planned abdominal surgery and a hospital stay of probably up to two weeks. But once this was announced, it triggered an absolutely massive wave of medical speculation. And I would actually go as far to say that in the most extreme cases, you could call them conspiracy theories. Oh, absolutely. I mean, some really wild speculation going on out there. But we will get to all this in a minute. We absolutely will. And you and I, look, we're, we're both used to seeing a really full spectrum of comments on the oh, internet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, some things you can't unread. And we've touched on conspiracy theories before, actually, with the satanic mm. cult rumours, and that was in our um, celebrity witchcraft episode. But what's so weird to me is this hasn't just been limited to the online commenters. So even a Spanish media outlet got in on the act, and they made claims that Kate was in a coma. They said she was in great danger following surgery. And this actually prompted a palace source to have to come out and say, no, this is total nonsense. And they even said, you know, this is totally made up. I mean, the speculation has absolutely been wild in the comments. Mm. But when we read through all the comments, there's very mixed reactions. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, there obviously were plenty of supportive comments. So, for example, wishing you a speedy recovery, hang in there. And another one, uh, since it's not known what she has, a little compassion and concern would be kind. And then there are also several comments asking people to sort of respect her privacy. So this one, there's always a lot of speculative nonsense being written by so-called royal experts. Just because someone belongs to the royal family and takes part in public events does not entitle the public to know every detail of their lives. But to be honest, even though Kate did ask for privacy, I'm sure... You know, the palace, the PR team, they know the British media would turn this into an absolute media circus. Oh, I mean, it was always going to be an absolute shit show, to be honest. Yeah. You know, when people aren't given the whys and the wherefores, it just leaves this curiosity gap. And I think that's what fuels the speculation. Absolutely. So Demois, um claims this from a source. They said, press statements are frustrating because they're vague, which lends itself to people trying to fill in the blanks with everything from a tummy tuck to a hysterectomy both of which are not true. But some people even went as far to blame her for the speculation because she'd been so vague. So on the Mail Online, someone said, people will speculate if there's no information. King Charles, at least, was open about the nature of his surgery. 
And USA Today actually even reported that almost immediately after the announcement, Google searches, they went off the chart for queries such as what surgery did Kate Middleton have and reasons for abdominal surgery, as well as for the specific procedures and their recovery times. And people were really hung up on her recovery Mm. time. I mean, I've seen a lot of comments like the following on the Mail Online. It must be serious to warrant a two-week stay in hospital. You get booted out the next day, even for major surgery in the NHS. And absolutely loads of people were sharing how long they stayed for various procedures for comparison. Look, I completely understand why people are using the hospital times as a clue to sort of try and work out what's going on. And really, that's because the abdominal surgery and the length of time is the only information that they have to work with. But I also think that they're actually forgetting a few things, which is that you can't really compare private hospital treatment to NHS treatment. And that's not, you know, a a criticism of the NHS, Mm -hmm. but um, a private treatment may have a stay that's significantly longer than the NHS equivalent because they don't have the waiting lists or the funding limitations. And we're also not talking about just an everyday patient here. We're talking about a leading member of the royal family. So if, if I was the doctor in charge, there's no way I would want to make a mistake or be responsible for any, you know, complications. So in that case, you might choose to be extra conservative just to make sure. I mean, that's a really good point. I don't think people seem to be taking this on board. And, you know, the guesses, like we said, have ranged from really normal to the absolutely bizarre. I mean, there have been so many guesses and it feels like everyone just wants to be a doctor or a detective or even a detective doctor. I don't Mm. know if that's a thing. But, (laughs) you know, obviously there were the obvious abdominal based guesses, but there were loads of really unrelated ones. So one commenter confidently declared it was a nervous breakdown given the stress. That is why William was only there once and the children never visited. Usually when receiving treatment for this, patients aren't allowed visitors. And someone else responded quite interestingly and said, it was a nervous breakdown. You say this as though it's a fact. Where do you get this from? Yeah, exactly. And I also saw lots of people suggesting eating disorders and lots of comments about her weight, which has been going Mm. on for years. And on the Mail Online, someone said, this may explain her being so thin. And so it's back to what we do a lot of on this uh, show, which is classic body shaming. Yeah, I mean, you can't help it. It's never too far away in the comments, really. And some people sort of as an extension of that, they went down the plastic surgery route. So there was this comment that said, facelift and implants, Love Island beckons. But I will say, you know, some of the really more unpleasant speculations have gone as far as to suggest that she's in hospital because of being physically abused by Prince William. Um, Some have even suggested that she's dead and this is all a conspiracy theory and they're claiming that she hasn't been seen since December. I mean, one person even demanded, we need proof of life. A simple hand wave on a balcony could end the speculation. If the king can do it, Kate can too. Or like I said, this speculation has gone really extreme. Mm. But when you listen to the wording, right, of that last comment, people genuinely seem to think that they have the right to the information. And I think this is true for a lot of celebrities, but it seems even more so for the royal family. Why do you think this is? Well, there was this one commenter who said, we ought to know because she is our property. We, the people, let them live in palaces and we, the people, ought to know. If not, there is always the option of the Bastille. (laughs) Okay, I'm a little bit lost for words on this one. I don't know how to respond. It's a bit much. I mean, I will say, look, it's not entirely clear if that comment has a degree of satire or if it's 
completely serious, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised on either. Yeah. But I think it does touch on some of the attitudes that underlie this belief that they don't really deserve the same privacy as an ordinary person. So for example, there was another comment that said, no matter what is ailing the princess, it should have been disclosed. They are public figures after all, and she willingly chose this life. I mean, that's a similar reaction that we're seeing with celebrities as well. And we're going to come on to that when we talk about Selena Gomez and more later. But it does seem to be more intense towards royals. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think with royalty, there's this belief that their life is so much better than ours. You know, it's one of luxury, servants. And there's this idea that they don't really work and they're being supported by, you know, us, the taxpayer who are already struggling. And unlike the self-made millionaires or the celebrities who've achieved what they have through hard work or talent, it seems like they're just born into it. And so I think because of that, there's this sense that they have to pay for this life by having the attention and having no privacy. But I do think that a huge theme in the comments is the unfair medical treatment in the UK and the time off work. In fact, I would say there is absolute fury at how the rich can now afford healthcare. Oh, absolutely. You definitely see that. You know, for example, I saw this one comment in the Mail Online and it said, I had my fallopian tubes removed last month. After an 18-month waiting list, I was released from hospital within two hours of the operation and signed off work for three days. Whilst I'm extremely grateful to the NHS for the procedure, this article is absolutely grating for those of us in the real world who have major operations and are told to just get on with it. In addition to that, people have also complained because William announced that he was going to clear his diary to support her. So someone said, how many husbands can cancel work like William? She has family to support her, a nanny, chef, chauffeurs, and many staff to see to the children. No worries about meals for the children, laundry, housework, etc. But I do really feel this is a reaction to the NHS waiting lists, which have become absolutely terrible in the recent years. Mm. The British Medical Association has said the waiting times have increased to record highs. The number of patients waiting over 12 hours for an emergency admission in December 2023 was about 19 times higher than it was in December 2019. Wow. That's insane. So it makes sense that this story would make some people feel hard done by in comparison. You know, uh, it's so easy to look at what someone else has and question why you don't have that too. And, and essentially what you're asking is, does this feel fair? And I think that's coming up a lot with this story. I feel this obsession with health is something we see towards people in power in general, not just the royals. Well, first off, I think it just feels that people are fascinated by the lives of the powerful and the rich anyway. So, you know, John Jost, who's a New York University professor, uh, he said, I also suspect that some people are simply drawn to the glamour of royalty and the fantasy that some very, very special people are living opulent, extravagant lives. And this could be a way of transcending our mundane realities. Perhaps we hope that they will protect and take care of us as a reward for our adulation. That's how it works out in fairy tales, at least. And I'd say this is also maybe a hangover from the times when the monarchy were absolute rulers. So if you go back to the time when Henry VIII uh, was around and in charge, his whims could directly affect the lives of his subjects and his wives, obviously, <laughs> you know, and their heads. <laughs> I know. I've always had that fear. I said to you, like, he looked across at you in the court and gave you a wink. You'd be like, oh, oh no, crap. I didn't see it. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, abort, but, abort. <laughs> exactly. But you're absolutely right. Back in those days where kings and queens had all the power and their decisions meant life or death for the everyday person, 
Um, I completely understand why it would be, you know, important to be interested in their health as it could impact your very existence. But nowadays, the equivalent, I think, is world leaders. And we've seen recently how interested people, no, very interested people have become (laughs) in their health. That is so true. I mean, recently in the news, there's been a lot of renewed speculation about the US president, Joe Biden's health and mental competency after this uh, special counsel. They were investigating his handling of classified documents and they came out and said, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview with him as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory, which isn't really what you want people to be saying about your, your president, I guess. I know. But when you think about it, any implication that a country's leader is not healthy or strong, it really could impact their ability to be an effective leader or even be re-elected. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure everyone knows there's going to be uh, another US election this year. So it is relevant. Oh, absolutely. And already we're seeing a huge amount of coverage. You know, essentially, it's coming down to two elderly men. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No one else gets a look in. And um, I, I think the reason that worries people is that if a leader seems weak, it can, it can make the country look weak. It can leave the country open to other countries trying to take advantage. And in extreme cases, I suppose that means attack or invasion. So you can understand why the average citizen does care about it. Let's even imagine like what happens if someone died midterm? What happens? I mean, it would be such a fucking mess. Like, I'm, I know they have contingencies in place, but it's it's certainly going to have an impact. Yeah. And a recent NBC News poll actually found that three quarters of voters, including half of Democrats, they actually say they've got concerns about President Joe Biden's mental and physical health. There was this comment from a female Democratic poll respondent, and she'd said she'd voted for Biden in 2020. But what she went on to say is, I think that Biden's health and age kind of get in the way of his ability to be a good president of the United States. But hold on, Donald Trump is like, what, 78 or something? He's not that much younger. (laughs) Yeah. I know, he's not a spring chicken, even though he likes to dance that song, Young Man. (laughs) But um, I'm not trying to make light of it, but it's not just about America. I think there's been a lot of speculation also about whether President Putin has cancer or had cancer. Uh, and whether he's undergoing chemotherapy and also rumours that he might die imminently. I just think for some people it might be wishful thinking because, you know, we've got the whole Russia-Ukraine war. Mm. People don't know how to make it stop and they're just hoping for a Hail Mary that'll end the conflict. And John Seifer, who's a former CIA official who actually ran the agency's Russia operations, he said, it is a predictable byproduct of the aura of mystery around powerful autocrats who keep their distance from observers and their personal lives well concealed. And, you know, there has also been some quite similar conspiracy theories about the North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un. Oh, yeah. Is he gravely ill? Again, is he already dead? <laughs> is it a clone? Who knows? But yeah, he, didn't he emerge looking healthier than ever. With a very recognisable haircut, of course. That's how we know it's him. (laughs) We've talked about why people are so obsessed with the health of famous and powerful people, but I really think the crux of the debate is, do public people have a right to privacy? Because I've seen a lot of comments that sort of come down on either side. Either they'll say about celebrities that they chose it and that that's part of the job, you know, Or 
for the royal family, they'll say that we, the taxpayers, pay for their luxurious lifestyle. So it's just a quid pro quo. So Lisa, what do you think about this? Do they have a right to privacy? Yeah, I do on the whole. (laughs) Well, I (laughs) do think that. But, but, but when Madonna had that health scare last year, I genuinely wanted to know what was wrong with her. And people, you know, were speculating all sorts of things because she postponed her tour. It was all very sudden. Mm. And even rumours that her black plastic surgery had made her sick. I mean, weeks later, she came out and said that she nearly died. And I really believed her. But I was very invested in knowing what was wrong with her and sort of searching the internet for real answers. So in that case, no, I I did want to know what was wrong with her. And I felt I had a right to know. I remember that, actually. (laughs) I remember you. Um, But um, I think it does make sense for the celebrities that you really, really care about. So people can get very invested in their favorite celebrity. And I do think a big part of it is it's natural to question when it feels like you're being lied to or tricked. That's always going to bring questions up. But I don't think we realize what it's like to be on the receiving end of all the speculation and the media intrusion. So um, back in 2014, Jennifer Lawrence, who was at the height of her fame, said, I knew the paparazzi were going to be a reality in my life, but I didn't know that I would feel anxiety every time I opened my front door or that being chased by 10 men you don't know or being surrounded feels invasive and makes me feel scared and gets my adrenaline going every day. And she also noted how, you know, when celebrities bring up these concerns, the general public isn't really very sympathetic. You know, she said, nobody wants to help us because it seems like, you know, shut up, millionaires. Um, (laughs) And I can understand that. Yeah. But these particular quotes were, were shortly after there was that nude photo leak at the time. And, you know, that even resulted in an FBI investigation. There were four people who were charged Uh, for illegally hacking the private Apple iCloud accounts of over 240 people. I mean, I do agree with Jennifer Lawrence. I do feel like there's this increasing entitlement to know everything about celebrities. You know, their every move is like pure clickbait. But then you also have the other end of the, the, the spectrum where, you know, you hear about certain people who are so desperate for attention that they're doing deliberate pap walks and they're having film crews in the maternity ward with them while they give birth. I mean, when you invite people in to your life at that level of intimacy, yeah, and you decide you don't like that attention, I mean, that is a kind of bit like, ooh, I'm getting whiplash. Yeah, switch and bait, really. I would say it sort of depends on the celebrity, so how much they've courted the attention. Absolutely. But even with that, I still think there are some boundaries that need to be kept in place. So um, it feels like the paparazzi keep going to increasingly extreme lengths to get these scoops. You're right. And your medical data is just another level of privacy is the most private thing you have. Mm. And you're legally entitled to uh, what they call doctor patient privilege. And I do think, well, why should it be any different for celebrities? Well, legally, it shouldn't. And um, I actually remember reading about that they had to discipline and even fire medical staff because they violated Britney Spears's medical privacy. So this happened back in uh, 2005 because it started off with UCLA employees looking at her medical records after she gave birth. Mm -hmm. And then in 2008, staff were actually caught reading her psychiatric evaluation. And this was even after the hospital had sent out a memo just reminding everyone of privacy rules prior to her admission. And the memo instructed employees not to look at medical records unless the patient was in their direct care. But despite that, 
What happened? Well, they actually ended up firing 13 employees, suspending six others and taking disciplinary action against six doctors, six doctors. I mean, and that just makes you think, wow, you know, you'd expect doctors who spent years of training and taken the Hippocratic Oath know this is a violation. I mean, it must be that the the media are offering them absolutely tons of money to find out what's wrong with Britney and and, and sort of break these rules. Mm. But also, I read this story in December that hackers actually targeted the private hospital that um, Kate and the royal family used. It's called the King Edward VII Hospital. Mm. And they were threatening to reveal the health data from the royal family unless they paid up £300,000 in Bitcoin. Jesus. And imagine being in that position and blackmailed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a whole new level. And like the Jennifer Lawrence nude photo hacking sort of scandal. This is now a criminal matter, though. This isn't sort of a gray area. But even if you you take them to court and they get punished, once that information is out, you can't get that back. After the death of Diana, I think the public's perception of the paparazzi completely changed. And it also led to the change in some of the laws regarding how members of the media are allowed to behave and the things they're allowed to do. There's still a lot of disagreement on where the line is for celebrity privacy and everyone sees that line differently. And I think there's quite different laws in the UK, by the way, to the US. Yeah, it, it does change in like global, in different areas. And, you know, I think when you get down to this question of what right to privacy people have, I, I actually like what um, Laura Pettiford, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist, she had what she said, which is, if we put ourselves in their shoes, we'd want to be able to have a private life, especially when dealing with sensitive or difficult issues. Yes, they've chosen to lead a life that is more in the public eye, but they have not forfeited their human need to draw a distinct line between themselves and those who are interested in them. I mean, Sarah, it seems in the last few years we have generally seen a trend of hearing directly from Hollywood celebrities about their health, but also people judging about whether a celebrity looks healthy or not. You know what? I really just saw a few articles about Amy Schumer and she'd been on Jimmy Fallon and loads of people were commenting about how much puffier her face was and so much so that she even had to make a post on Instagram in response where she was explaining that she actually had endometriosis and that's the reason and it's an autoimmune disorder and that's why she was looking puffy. Yeah I saw that story and um, some really horrible comments and how she said thank you so much for everyone's input about my face. I've enjoyed feedback and deliberation about my appearance as all women do for almost 20 years. Think about it. It must be so exhausting constantly having to respond to physical and medical speculation as a celebrity, especially as a woman. Mm. But it seems people do respond very differently. You'll have some who openly share their stories and hope to raise awareness. And then you have others who share nothing at all and want to keep it entirely private. And others who seem to want to go out of their way to kind of get some attention, even maybe monetize their health issues. Yeah, becoming what they call health influencers. And we're going to be looking at examples of each of these. Yeah. So that brings me to, I actually wanted to start off talking about Selena Gomez. Um, I've always liked her, but also she's one of the celebrities who've been very open in recent years with her health journey. So like Amy Schumer, she also has an autoimmune disease and uh, she revealed in 2015 that she'd been diagnosed with lupus. Yeah. And I would say she's someone I do really think of being very open uh, about her health issues. Mm. She's previously spoken about being afraid to talk about these health issues, though, and how it would affect her career. And I'm just going to quote her. I had a responsibility at a very young age. Young people were looking up to me. I thought maybe it would be damaging to tell people who I am. 
It started to become a threat that freaked me out. Well, if you're not right, then you can't work. And I think that is something probably a lot of people can relate to because people can make a lot of judgments around health, even in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'd say it seems that now she's very settled into being very open about her health issues. And she's also been quite open that her motivation is to hopefully help other people and create awareness. So she told Elle in 2021, my lupus, my kidney transplant, chemotherapy, having a mental illness, going through very public heartbreaks. Those are all things that honestly should have taken me down. But she'd think to herself, you're going to help people. That's really what kept me going. And you know, I'd say there's definitely evidence that that's the case because you, you see lots of uh, people commenting on her Insta. So someone said, thankful for your story. I just got diagnosed with lupus a couple of weeks ago. And someone else said, I'm on dialysis and will soon receive a transplant. You've made me keep going because going through this is really hard. Yeah, I do remember her posting that Instagram photo when she was showing herself lying in a hospital bed next to her friend, the actress Francia Razzi, who donated her a kidney. And I've seen, you know, lots of celebrities really now inviting people into their private lives with these sort of hospital selfies. And it seems to be almost like what the public expect now. And the thing is, you know, what we saw with Kate Middleton, you know, that she's not sharing the details, it then increases the speculation. So I can understand that celebrities like Selena might decide that being open about her diagnosis, in addition to raising awareness, it might potentially reduce speculation because the information is like already out there. Yeah. But it also equally invites a lot of comments her way. You know, and I've seen comments where people are judging everything she does since that kidney transplant to assess whether she deserves it. For example, read somewhere that she actually manipulated her friend into giving the kidney. And this comment, very selfish of her to drink any alcohol because it can destroy the liver and accelerate cancer cells. She needs to grow up and show some gratitude. Obviously, that's really unpleasant, but I, I've actually also seen speculation uh, where people have said, oh, no, she doesn't have lupus at all. They accuse her of lying about it. And similar to the comments about Kate, some people are definitely looking at this as a PR cover and in this case for drug addiction. And someone actually summed up all the speculation she's gone through since her lupus diagnosis, where they said, I saw Hayley Bieber fans say the most insane things. I've seen them say she didn't actually have lupus and was just a cokehead looking for sympathy. I've seen them say she should just go away and live like a hermit because she can't be a good performer if she can't move. I've seen them saying she didn't actually need the kidney and she just got it from a friend because she wanted to take it away from her and make her as miserable as she is. I've seen them say she uses her flare-ups to manipulate people into doing whatever she wants. And I've seen them saying she's a beast and no one who actually has lupus gets this fat without being a total pig. Whew. I mean, that's quite a lot. Yeah, it's quite depressing, actually, because it's such extreme, nasty criticism. And it doesn't surprise me that, you know, again, it comes back down to body shaming. I mean, recently she's been at a lot of events and people were commenting on her weight, saying things like she's been eating too many tacos. And then also somebody needs to tell her the truth. Her friends are all enablers of her unhealthy lifestyle. But luckily, there are also people who point out people who are owed an exclamation about your weight, none, no one, nada. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. We're both clearly on the side of just no one should fat shame anyone full stop. Mm -hmm. But similarly to the sort of Amy Schumer situation, she's actually had to come out and explain the role that her health issues and medications have had on her appearance. 
both in terms of her weight and there was another time where she had to defend her shaking hands on a TikTok video. And she's explained in in her own TikTok video, I just wanted to say and encourage anyone out there who feels any sort of shame for exactly what they're going through and no one knows the real story. Yeah, we have days where maybe we feel like shit, but I would rather be healthy and take care of myself. My medications are important and I believe that they're what helps me. Despite the side effects, obviously, is what she's saying. Yeah. But when you think about it, all these comments must really take a toll. I mean, it's so invalidating and exhausting. And I know that she frequently has what they call these social media blackouts to protect her mental health. Yeah. But why, Sarah, do you think people are so intense on gossiping about her medical issues? Why can't they just accept what she's saying? So I I found this comment by psychologist Renee Carr, and what she said was, in the age of social media, the general public has become trained to share not only their most private moments, but to also expect others to do the same. You know, there's a really good example of this with Bruce Willis. His family announced that he'd been diagnosed with dementia, and just a few weeks after that, the actor's wife... She had to ask paparazzi to not yell or approach her husband. And she said, for the video people, please don't be yelling at my husband, asking him how he's doing or whatever, the woohooing. Just don't do it, okay? Give him his space. Allow for our family or whoever's with him that day to be able to get him from point A to point B safely. I mean, you shouldn't have to tell people not to harass someone with dementia or stress them out. But this is so dark because when you think about it, people are out there you know, they deliberately want to aggravate him, someone with serious medical issues for viral clips. And it's quite worrying that we're going down this route as a society. But it also feels like we need proof of illness. Uh, Otherwise, we don't really believe it. And because I think maybe it's because we are in this era of like, people are like, oh, we feel like we're being spun information and sort of manipulated um, and don't quite believe what celebrities say anymore. Oh, totally. You know, we're really distrustful these days. And for good reason. We know how the game's played, we've seen behind the curtain, and we actually have so much instant access to so many more sources of information these days because we've got the internet. Yeah. And and that can really cast a lot of doubt. So, you know, on Reddit, when people were debating whether Selena really had lupus, someone said, Cheryl Cole in the UK said she had malaria when she was actually getting treated for an eating disorder. Everyone I knew in PR was telling me. It wouldn't surprise me if Selena was using lupus to hide her addictions. I mean, I do think it's human nature that we just don't accept what everyone tells us as fact. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's good to be questioning. But with medical speculation, I think people can really forget that there's humans behind all this. And I think there's been several examples that we looked into when researching this episode that it's turned out to be really hurtful speculation as actually something really serious was going on uh, behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, because I mean, like, we all saw those photos of Chadwick Boseman where he'd lost a lot of weight, but he hadn't said anything about it. And um, there were so many people saying, oh, we must be on crack. And they were posting all these memes online. And then the real story obviously came out eventually. And someone on Twitter said, I'll never forgive Twitter for calling Chadwick Boseman the crack panther when he lost a lot of weight. He had cancer. Rest in peace. And it was just so tragic, wasn't it? Because I don't think anyone really saw it coming. No. I think another shocking story last year that really was like what happened, it was a big mystery, was about Jamie Foxx, who was mysteriously hospitalised during filming uh, a a movie in London. And I think a lot of fans were wondering what happened to him. And rumours started to spread quite quickly on the internet 
um, that he was actually blind, paralyzed, and even cloned. Oh, wow. And people said in the comments, <laughs> yeah, people said in the comments, the family could have easily given an update on his condition and mitigated much of the speculation. Instead, they chose to act all secretive about it until people started talking. Then they made some bizarre claim that he was outplaying pickleball. It now seems that they are milking this to get attention for their multiple projects. I feel that their refusal to address it just gives more credence to the overdose theory. Mm. And someone responded, he doesn't want people to know what happened to him. And that's his choice. He owes us no explanation whatsoever. And then this final comment. After the way Patrick Swayze was treated by reporters during his pancreatic cancer, I don't blame Jamie for not saying what it was. No one wants to tell the gory details of medical problems to the entire world. Not only do you get invasive questions, but you get a million people giving stupid advice on how their great aunt was cured by standing on her head and drinking green tea. Yeah, oh God, people always do that. And um, I'd also say in his case, he plays a lot of these sort of strong action characters. Mm. Possibly there's a chance that he or his team uh, were worried that anything that would make him look ill or weak might impact his career. and maybe even his future earning potential. So I, I don't know. No, no, that's a good point. And also it can be very difficult to get insurance for future projects. But I mean, he did recover and he did come out and he said, I want to thank everybody. I've been through something. I've been through some things. You know, it's crazy. I couldn't do that six months ago. I couldn't actually walk. And he indicates to the podium. Wow. And he said, I'm not a clone. I'm not a clone to lots of laughter. <laughs> At least he's got a sense of humor. You know, there was another comment sort of on this topic that I found quite interesting where they compared him and uh, where they said, in the case of Jeremy Renner, it was immediately reported that there was an accident, what the nature of the accident was and how he was seriously injured but not killed. Later, we got a statement from Renner and then pictures, but almost nothing from Fox and Friends. So they're seeming to suggest that it's his fault, really. Yeah, like we've been saying, you know, People absolutely have the right to decide what they're comfortable with sharing. You know what, in the case of Jamie Foxx, we're we're sort of in this new era of sharing and it did potentially come across as strange that he didn't say anything. And I think in those cases, people's minds, they always go to the worst case scenario. Last week, there were accusations that even some celebrities are monetizing their sickness on social media. Um, And it all started when... um, Louise Thompson, formerly of Made in Chelsea fame, who is now a fitness and lifestyle influencer, uh, posted shocking photos of herself in hospital on Instagram. She had a very lengthy caption and it's all about like how she went on holiday in Antigua. She got very sick. She returned to the UK and had to be admitted to A&E due to severe blood loss. Lots of people rushed to share support in the comments, including Davina McCall. Louise, I'm literally lost for words, but I'm so pleased you're sharing your journey so you can see the love and support is out here for you. We are all willing you better and send you so much love. I would say there were thousands of comments of support for her on her Instagram. Okay, that's nice. In contrast on the men online, the most liked comment in the thousands was this when when they reported this story. Sorry, but if she was doing this for awareness, she would say what she had. Louise does this rather odd song and dance skirting around what is actually wrong, i.e. cups full of blood, nearly dying over and over, emergency flights, being at death's door. But alas, what condition does she have? Crohn's, UC, IBS. She won't say because it will take away the mystery and reveal that most people are suffering the same day to day with full time jobs, not being flown to Antigua just after a ski trip, all expenses covered. 
She has suffered. That much is true. But at what point does she stop with the trauma dumping and focus on the positives? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting take. I don't think this is the first time that she has talked about these kind of extreme health things, though, is it? Because uh, a few years ago, I think, didn't she share a lot about having a really traumatic birth? Yes, she did. And that was kind of everywhere for a while. And um, in fact, there's actually a warning on Mumsnet with this thread about childbirth and this traumatic post that she made on Instagram, because it's been giving new mothers-to-be real anxiety about giving birth. Um, Yeah, so back in December 2021, I won't go into the gory details, but Louise did share on Instagram, five weeks ago, I gave birth to my beautiful baby boy. Unfortunately, it wasn't the easiest start for either of us. One ended up in neonatal ICU and the other ended up in ICO. And one of the comments to this on the Mumsnet thread I discussed said, I saw her post too and it really triggered me. The trouble is she hasn't really explained what happened to her, which I think makes it more terrifying as my mind goes into overdrive. Yeah, it's very um, smoke and mirrors, isn't it? And it does just make you think, oh, childbirth. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, this is terrifying. And if you're already pregnant, that has to be a horrible place to be in. To be fair, Louise has come out since and shared a lot more about what her actual condition is. She's been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, and it's a chronic condition that happens when you have inflammation of your your colon. Have you heard of this illness? Yeah, I have. I know someone who has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be really, really tough, actually. And it's very painful, apparently, very disruptive. But someone said on Twitter or X, her identity does seem to have changed from, hey, look at my abs, influencer, to pity me, sick mum, but I'm not sure all the hate is deserved. There seems to be an equal split between deep compassion for Louise and what she's sharing to deep suspicion. And someone said, clickbait from influencers is off the scale. As for flying nine hours while losing a cup of blood every 20 minutes, not sure she'd still be alive, let alone taking selfies. If she has UC, she should know by now that skiing and even flying can make it much, much worse. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it does seem now that you give me those two examples that she has a sort of uh, tendency to start off really vague um, to get a sort of attention. And then later she might give you some more details. The weird thing is the thing between her and Davina McCall, if they're both if they're friends or whatever, couldn't they have just sent that in an SMS? Like, <laughs> you know, does it have to be a public? It's kind of like performative, isn't it, though? Isn't yeah. It? Like, I have to go support for her, you know? Yeah, and it's possibly not reading the room in terms of she's just been on this massive, amazing holiday in Antigua, and then it's like, oh, and I had to fly myself back quickly and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know that a regular person would be able to afford to do that, and then if they got ill there, would they be able to fly themselves out? Mm. I don't know her personally, so I don't really know what her general vibe is, but we do have more and more people. It's really hard to find that line between, um, I follow some people who share their story and it's nice to see behind those curtains because a lot of people have a lot of shame around certain things and they don't want to talk about it. And it is great to see that. On the other hand, when people are sort of making their entire identity and earning money from it, or earning money by keeping themselves that story going and we're not sure how much exaggeration is at play, that's when people start to get a bit annoyed. And what's interesting is people don't tend to say in her comments, 
it's like they're kind of channeling it. You see a lot more on Mumsnet and right. on the men online on Reddit sort of analysing her. I just don't think people would dare to kind of... It's the last thing you do to a sick person is write something critical or suspicious. I just still think it's like taboo. You don't do that. You don't question if someone's sick when you've got obvious evidence with a photo that she's lying there in bed, you know? So that's the way I find it quite sneaky that people go off mm. and do it anonymously. Although they do that to Selena, they do post directly on her Insta with the hate. Mm. So I guess it depends, but it, it's a tricky situation. And I suppose if the more you share, the more you might get a response, but it, you see that also not sharing can have sort of a similar effect. I feel like a lot of what we're talking about today is about trying to find a balance of a culture where there's oversharing, um, everything's on social media, and then still being allowed some boundaries. Absolutely. But we have to draw this to a conclusion. What are your final thoughts? Well, I think it's human nature to be curious. When people aren't given a clear answer, then they're bound to speculate. But um, I actually came across this article the other day and it, it, it was titled, It's Easy to Sneer at Kate's Royal Privilege, but a life of ceaseless scrutiny and nonstop trolling is a high price to pay for a little evening glamour and a wardrobe of designer frocks. And, I, you know, yeah. I'm going to admit it that yeah. for me, it's not a price I would want to pay personally at all. I've actually learned to be pretty open about my medical history. It, it has been a big part of my life. And I would say I've, I, I'm at a point now where I, I'm quite comfortable sharing those details. And again, I suppose I, my motivation is I'm hoping it normalizes these issues and it reduces the shame that we have in our society because, you know, so many people are viewed as weak just because they've, you know, if they seem to have anything wrong with them. At the same time, I also know not everyone's in the same position as me. I'm freelance mm. in a creative field. My income isn't dependent on a boss who decides how healthy I seem. Unfortunately, not everyone's as fortunate. So everyone should be able to choose when and how they share their own personal information. But uh, I think where it gets more complicated is when the information directly affects someone else. So for example, you know, if there's a world leader who has dementia, and that would affect his ability to properly do his job. Or in a situation with a prospective sexual partner, if they've got an STI, then, you know, that does impact you too. There's no point pretending that we don't live in a world with huge disparities of wealth and privilege. And, you know, it's so easy to look at others and think that the grass is greener. It would be absurd to expect people to never speculate on things. But I do also think that if we could just remember a little bit that everyone is human and has feelings and that often we don't really know what another person is going through, then I think that can only be a positive, really. How about you, Lisa? I love every word you said. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say it better myself, but I do have a little joke for you. Doctor, doctor, I'm shrinking. I'm sorry, sir. You'll have to be a little patient. <laughs> that is christmas cracker level jokery so i know nicely I know. done thank you for listening today we are back next week with a mini episode and we're going to be celebrating women's day with a special topic i mean sarah do you want to reveal what it is or is it going to be a mystery we are going to be looking at female comedians and also women's day itself so you've got all that to look forward to next week. Thank you for listening. 
and we'll see you soon. Thank you to our lovely producer, Emily. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. It really does help us in reaching more people. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at S2TC Podcast. You can find out more about the show, get behind the scenes, come and say hello. Until then, see you next time. This podcast has been produced by Emily Crosby Media.